Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here, your host on Passionate World Radio. Today I'm going to be talking about, are we valued? How do you know? Do you feel valued at work? Do you feel valued at home? How much do you value yourself? Today, as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Rachel Davidson. Rachel is the author of The Point of Me, and I am the author of a number of books, including Chariots on Fire and Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. And both of us, I'm very proud and pleased to say, (laughs) are international best-selling authors. Um, we're going to be exploring the whole business about value. What value do you put on yourself? What value do you believe other people put on you? And where's the balance between who you take notice of? Whether for you you're only valued if it's other people who value you. Or whether valuing yourself carries more weight. Because in that whole business around value... It determines so much about the quality of the relationships that we have with self and others, doesn't yes. it? Yes, yes. Um, and so many people are working within a situation where they believe that other people don't value them. Mm. So for me, it's a two-way thing. It's about how do you value um, yourself yeah. and how do you demonstrate that you value other people? Yes. And then... The other way around, how do you value, uh, how do you know you're valued mm. by yourself, yes. and how do you know you're valued by other people, yes. and what do you do if you have a sense that you are not valued by either? Mm. Yes, and there's like an, uh, there's an external signs, aren't there, of, yeah. of how you value yourself, um, and also then the internal, I mean, you know, the external I think comes yeah. from the internal, but... Sometimes you have to start on the external. I mean, I was put in mind of some advice I was given uh, as a youngster in terms of, um, you know, how you dress and why it's important to dress the part. Yeah, whatever that part may be. Whatever that is. One of my managers said, you know, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you've got. Yes. Um, And that was all, you know, some people can dismiss um, clothes and fashion as being a little bit superficial, but in actual fact... It is a way of demonstrating the value that you hold for yourself. So, you know, keeping yourself neat and tidy and well-groomed shows yes. that you, you value yourself enough to take that time and do it, just as a little example. But it's interesting, isn't it? We often talk about you only get one chance to make a good first impression. Yeah. And for depending on which group you're talking about, we'll determine what constitutes making a good first impression. Yeah. So if you're part of a reggae band... Uh, for example, a good first impression may look very different sure. to if you're wanting a job in a bank. Yeah. Um, and I think understanding that people have very different views about that mm. are really important. Yeah. 
I'm reminded when I was a young teacher, I was putting up an exhibition, uh -huh. um, and it was for an environmental um, award, and I was working at the teacher's centre, and I was there one weekend, and the young gentleman who was um, had been paid to open the um, the hall mm -hmm. and to help me um, arrived wearing bother boots, mm -hmm. shorts, a singlet with holes in. He was tattooed from head to foot. <laughs> he had a bone through his nose. Oh. He had lots of piercings. Which back in the day we're wasn't talking as, about as in the seventies. Yeah, now. that was quite unusual. <laughs> and my first impression was to be very, very wary of him yeah. because he looked so different and quite frankly, he looked fairly terrifying. Yeah. But the more I talked to him, the more I found he did voluntary work with the disabled. Mm. He looked after his um, his mum who had a, a significant health problem. Mm. Um, he was kind, he was gentle, mm. he was caring. Mm. And the look and the 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 how he presented himself in terms of his behaviours yeah. was completely different. Mm. Well, you could argue, see, that he values himself and his his internal he didn't values. Care, actually, what no, other people he, thought. He he had done these things to please him. He dressed authentically, and so so therefore, actually, you could argue he valued himself. I would very argue highly to be courageous to to, yeah. to do something quite unusual in those days, wasn't it? To to dress and be tattooed like that. And what it taught me is how easy it is to be judgmental. Yeah. About what we see mm. um, and to to take the time not to make value judgments about how people look or how people speak or you know where they are from mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about geographical necessarily no. it could be geography it could be um, in terms of their status mm -hmm. or whatever yes. and I'm very grateful to that young man because he taught me very early on in my adult life yes. a very very big lesson. Well as authors we're both very sensitive to the fact that people do judge a book by its cover. Don't they just? <laughs> and yes. the heartache that we put into those cover designs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yes it's a very natural human yes. um, instinct uh, behaviour isn't it? It is. To make judgments yeah. based on appearances. But it's also interesting how we judge what value people put on this. Mm -hmm. So some of time, mm -hmm. the times, particularly in the families, mm -hmm. that value will be around whether we are noticed, whether we're given compliments, whether people ask us for help. Yeah. In a work context, there it's. I think there's another dimension because it's often based on how much we're paid. Yes, and in fact, we were asked a question, weren't we, yes. around you know what do you do if you're in the workplace mm. and you are you believe your value is much greater than you're being paid, mm. and then another job comes up and you are um, offered a lot more money. Yes, and you know that your current firm can't afford to pay you. Yes, should you just go with no sense of any responsibility to the first yes. company? Yeah, or where does that leave you? Yeah, because this lady that emailed had she was she had a sort of a, a, a tear and she was torn really because on the face of it you'd think oh hell you'd go for more money because it was a significantly big jump in salary. It was about ten k, wasn't mm. it? So, but but her dilemma was that actually she really liked her boss. Yeah. She had a good relationship. Yeah. She, she quite liked the job. It's just that she was 
she knew she was underpaid for what the market. Yes. And she felt suspicious about the fact that the company was saying they couldn't afford because right. they were spending money in other areas. So she sort of felt slightly um, betrayed at, at that level. Yeah. But even so, even with a big job offer, big, massive pay rise, she still felt some level of yeah. guilt at doing what I think a lot of people would just say, well, that's a no-brainer, but for her it wasn't. Yeah. And that was really down to... The specific question she had, wasn't it, was... Should should I ask my boss for a, a raise, even though I know they won't give me the full 10, but they might give me a bit more? I think, for me, there's a number of things at play here. One is your one's own um, value system, your, your core values mm. um, are at play here. Mm. And for many people, money is the, the ultimate um, motivator. Yes. And if that's the case... I suspect that those people would have no difficulty. I've been offered more money, I'm off. Yes. However, if your um, core values are around belonging and um, doing a good job and it's important to you that actually you like the people you're working with and that you um, enjoy the work you're doing and money is not your major motivator but mm -hmm. is a motivator, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then for me I think it's to go and have an honest conversation mm. with the, that boss and mm. say this is not about blackmail mm. because that's how it could come across give yeah. me more money yeah but saying look I like where I am I've been offered this um, this job with a lot more money the market value for the job that I do is more than I'm getting before I just give in my notice I just wanted to present that to you and give you an opportunity to think about it yeah. and think about whether there was any capacity to move yeah. and yeah. to see whether we can come to an accommodation. It was funny, when I, when I read that question, I know my emotional yeah. first response was, if they don't see my value enough to, to uh, pay me a good wage when yeah. I've asked for rises in the past, if they only see it at the point when I am threatening to leave, then I don't want to be part of this organisation. <laughs> and I think that that, for many people, is a valid argument. Mm. But you've got to put into the mix that she liked her boss, she liked yeah. the job. Yeah. I suspect that when you were... when it, It's never black and white. And I think the no. danger is that we see this as, as black and white. Yeah. There's a, And I'm, I'm not knocking you down, but just some questions, really. And I, 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 they're a bit rhetorical. <laughs> Can you have a bit rhetorical? Anyway, they're rhetorical <laughs> questions. Is... There's assumptions being made that A, she's not valued, yep. that B, the company um, that actually has thought about the comparative value or even know yep. what the comparative values are. They yeah. may, yeah. but they may not. Yeah. Um, that there, is not, uh, there are not other things going on behind the scenes that you yeah. have nothing, no, no knowledge of, mm. which may mean that the person really does value you but actually they're in financial difficulty yeah. and they're trying to keep the company afloat. Yes. Now, I don't know any of those answers and there may be a lot of other questions that one could ask. Yes. But unless you have the open and honest conversation, yes. you're never going to know. And even if you do have the open and honest conversation on your side, yes. there's no guarantee that the other person is going to be honest and open. No, no, quite. So what we do is we make these judgments about what's going on the judgments and the value we put on ourselves, we're doing it in terms of every aspect of our lives. Mm. 
So the judgment was, in your when you were talking about yourself, was if they valued me, they'd notice and they'd pay me. Yeah. We've talked a lot about how often people are oblivious. They're just busy doing their own stuff, so they yeah. don't think outside that box. Yeah. One could argue that they should, mm -hmm. but if it's not on your radar, you're not going to do it. Mm. Yeah. But I'm also reminded of, you know, when I was a head teacher, I used to hate May because it was a time when people would put their notice in for right. leaving in September. Yeah. In teaching, you could only, in the UK, you can only put your notice in 28th of February, um, 31st of May, right. and 31st of October. Right. Because so of the amount of notice. Holidays, yeah, yeah. And people would come and they'd have that voice, Gina. I need to have a word, and I think, oh. <laughs> um, and in this particular month, I had five oh, in a week. Wow. And the problem for me was that we had a very poor budget, mm -hmm. and that I, we did a lot of work in the first three years, so people were ready for promotion. Yes. And other people loved the teachers that we'd grown. Yes. So they'd get it. Yeah. And so I had this constant fighting to keep the experience that we'd developed. Yes. So I said to the five, individually, um, go and have a look at the job. Have a look and see what they're going to offer you and the opportunities to develop and value your development and you as a person. Yeah. But in those days, the, um, the uh, promotion was worth about 590-some pounds. Okay. Um, quite a lot of money in those days, but mm -hmm. not these days. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you think that the value of uh, um, what you'll get in the other schools yeah. in monetary value, is not matched by what I will give you in terms of a promise that I will provide you with a training programme, mm. which would mean that you'll be, in two years, you'll be ready for the next step. Yeah. Then go with my blessing and I'll give you a great testimony. Yeah. Yeah. All five stayed. Mm. <laughs> two became deputies. Fabulous, yeah. Two became heads. Yeah. And one was a senior teacher. Yeah. And three of them did that in my school. Yeah, and, th and that really summarises the point about the word value, doesn't yeah. it? Because often people will hear the word value and think about cheapness. Yes. But actually, no, it doesn't mean that, does it? Yeah. It means all of the things that are valuable to you. Yeah. So, you know, that they resonate with core values that you hold inside yourself. That, Absolutely. That they're yeah. meaningful, that they lead somewhere ultimately that might actually end up in financial reward or, or so on. For me, I think... Part of the, if you feel valued within a, a circumstance, it has the capacity to fill you up. Yes. If you feel devalued or not valued in yes. a situation, then it tends to deplete you. Yes. It makes you feel horrible. Mm. And so I think that um, for me, value is not just about money, it's about do people recognise my contribution. Now, I have to add a caveat, if you're paying, being paid peanuts and you can't afford to live, or if you think that you are being um, used and abused, mm. that's very different. Mm. But that comes in, if that was going on, you would not feel filled up. Yes. You would feel devalued. Exactly, yes. But again, I keep coming back to what value do you put on yourself? And yes. it's not about, I put a value that I'm worth 70k 80k no. a year it's the what value do you put on yourself as a human being mm. you know 
Are you confident about yourself? Do you like yourself? Mm. Do you love yourself? Mm. People who don't value themselves, they tend not to look after themselves. I had another good example recently, actually, yeah. of somebody um, pointing out to me an area of behaviour that goes on in my family where um, they are not valuing my contribution in a, and that perhaps I ought to value myself a bit more and, and request that they acknowledge it in, in whatever way they feel comfortable to do it. And it's basically my, my son who sits down for, for his uh, food, will more often than not complain about what's on his plate, but never says thank you. He mm. never gets up and turns and says, thanks for, thanks for the dinner, Mum, thanks for this. Um, and it, you know, it's part of a big wider context, but as a little bit of behaviour. And I realised that actually I was so used to it that I'd forgotten to even expect just a simple thank you. And just to be clear, I'm not expecting to grovel or, or go overboard. No, no. Just an acknowledgement. I've taken some time, I've provided some food. He, he may not have liked it. It probably wasn't McDonald's chicken McNuggets, <laughs> so he doesn't like it as much. But even so, you know, the act of, oh, I've been fed, thank you very much. I think the power of thank you is so profound. Yeah. I think there's a number, again, whenever we talk, there's so many levels to talk about. <laughs> <aren't there? laughs> too, too um, and I would urge anybody who is uh, taking part in this, recognise the power of thank you mm. um, and recognise that it's important to acknowledge other people's contributions mm. um, and not to think, oh, I haven't said thank you for a while, I'll say thank you, but actually to notice. And for me, particularly those people who are behind the scenes, the people who keep your place clean, the people who mm. service mm. what you do, yes, um, saying thank you. But I wonder whether it would be worth with your son, for example, all sitting down to dinner and putting out plates for the for, um, for the others and handing him an empty plate mm. <laughs> and saying to him, I don't think you ever enjoy or appreciate what's going on, so perhaps it would be better not to bother. Mm. Yes. Perhaps you will understand the value of what you're being given when, when you feel the absence of it. Because that's often what happens. It's only when we lose something yeah. that we value. How often do you hear of people who a relationship has died mm. or a person has died yes. and they say, if only I could go back and tell them how much I love them. If yes. only I could say to them, you were special to me. Yes. And why don't we do it when the relationship is live and the person is alive. Yes. And you know, I would urge, again, everybody, tell people that you appreciate them, that you care about them, that you love them, and tell them often. But do it without an expectation that they will return it. Because this is not about bartering. Oh, no. You value no. because you value. Yes. And whether they value back or back or not yes. is not part of the deal. It's re it was really interesting to me because the point was made, actually, Rachel, I don't think you're valuing yourself enough by not asking for a thank you, so I think this needs to happen. And then the, the second point was made to me, and it will teach him to value himself by learning to say thank you, by learning yeah. common politeness, but actually the, the much deeper, deeper than meaning that, isn't of it? saying yes. thank you, yeah. the, the gratitude and that, that soul yeah. feeling that you get when... When you do say thank you and you get get into it, that teaches him to value himself. I think we're back to this filling you up, this yes. spiritual sense of that.
that when you acknowledge the value of other people, mm. that it also helps you acknowledge the value of yourself. Because it's often true, isn't it, that when, when people have low self-esteem, when yeah. they have low value yeah. of themselves, and they treat themselves badly, they are often really very bad at seeing what other people do around them and acknowledging it. And it's or, possibly because they're inside yes. themselves too much. I think that can often happen, but or they value everybody else and oh, their yes. contribution yes. much higher than themselves. Yes. Um, and for me, there's two little tests, and you know, people mm. who are, are um, involved in this, I'd be really interested to get your feedback. For me, the two little tests is, um, tell me five things that you really like and appreciate. About right. Now tell me five things that you don't like, <laughs> which is easier. Yeah. <laughs> and the second test is how easily and how um, elegantly do you accept a compliment? Mm. Are you a, oh, this old thing, or mm. it was nothing, mm. or just to say, thank you, mm. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And those two tests, if I'm working with clients, will tell me a huge amount about uh, the level of which they value. Yes. Another question that I ask people, and I think it would be worth to asking yourselves, uh, is, are the criteria that you use to measure and value other people the same as you use for yourself? Mm. Yeah. Or do you expect more of yourself than you do of other people? Yes. And if people with low self-esteem, low worth, often expect so much more from themselves than they ever expect from other people. Yes, yes. And it is true, placing it back into a business context, that if you give stuff away yep. to people, they don't necessarily value it. Whereas if you ask them to spend money with you for something that you're doing yep. for them, even if it's just a tiny amount, that engagement means that they value it a bit They've more. They've got some skin in the game, haven't they? Yeah. And I know that that, you know, that that can be very true of people where you're asking them to change, mm. that if there is an incentive, and the incentive doesn't necessarily have to be money, but if mm. there is an incentive that's external, yes. that will often um, motivate them to be more engaged. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting psychology point, isn't it? But just some contribution of something that is valuable, like money, for instance, um, puts enough motivation behind them so that yeah. even if they're struggling and even yeah. if actually they know that what they're going to get out of this is far more valuable than just monetary gain, um, it's, well, it's enough justification. It, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like a little mind game that you can do with yourself which is, oh, well, I, I, I paid that money so I don't want to waste it. So, so you continue to yes. remain committed to something. Whereas maybe if you hadn't paid anything, then the little voices would persuade you to say, well, Anything. It's a bit like meetings when people say they're going to go to a network meeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they, it's free and it's a bit rainy or they're a bit tired, yeah. they say, oh, I won't bother. But if they've paid uh, yes. to go, yes. then they think, oh, I don't want to waste that money, yes. off I'll go. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the whole thing, if, let's put this into the context of leaders and managers. Mm -hmm. And if you're leading a team of people, actually it's true of families too. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're the matriarch or the patriarch of the family, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that it costs nothing to mm. notice and to um, acknowledge mm. people's contribution. Mm. And contribution, I don't necessarily mean that they've done anything, mm. but who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm reminded, and I think it may be a generational thing, that when I was growing up, my dad would tell other people how proud he was of my sister, brother and I. He'd never tell us. Right. Um, it would be my mum who would say, oh, your dad's really proud of you. Mm. My dad's approach was always, oh, well, you could do even better. Right. And it wasn't until my mum had been diagnosed with terminal illness and my dad and I um, were having a conversation and I said to him, by this time my dad was um, in his late 60s, right. what was your rationale that you would tell other people mm. that you were proud of us but you would not tell mm. um, us? And he said, I didn't want you to get beheaded. Mm. I wanted to motivate you to do even better. Mm. And I said, what do you think about it now? And he said, I realise it was wrong. Right. There's a difference between saying everything's wonderful. Yes. And I think that's a danger that a lot of teachers and parents fall into. Yes. That in their, their skewed view is that you have to value everything, even when that value is um, over-egged. Yes. Um, but when somebody does something which is the best that they can do, yes, then it's important that they are acknowledged for that and that you notice that. Yes. And in a work context, you know, saying to somebody, that's a job well done, mm. that's really important, even if it's a job that they're paid to do. Because no, no. some people think that, well, you're paid to do it, it's your job, yeah. why would I need to tell you yeah. that it's well done? And the only cost to doing that is the time and attention it takes you to awesome. notice it and say it. And time and attention are two of the most valuable resources. Well, we have three <laughs> finite resources, don't we? Time, uh, energy and money. Yes. And for me, energy and attention could be um, yes. focus, whatever yes, you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, they're finite. Yep. And the important thing is to use them wisely. Yes. And for me, that acknowledging that somebody is doing a good job, even if it's the one that they're paid to do, mm. is hugely motivating. Yeah, agreed. In the same way that if they're not doing what you're expected, to go and confront the issue, not the confrontation, and mm. say, that's not what we expect of you, mm. that's not good enough. In the same way, go back to your son. You know, the fact that you have a meal, that you are fed, and that there is no... Um, acknowledgement of that is actually not doing you a service and it certainly isn't doing you a service. Mm. And I think, you know, recognising that you have a responsibility to yourself to value who you are yeah. and to make the best of who you are. Yeah. And you also have a responsibility for those people around you to acknowledge and value who they are. Yes. And if they have made a positive contribution to recognise that. Yes. But it's not about only recognising when people do something. No. Um, but just that you appreciate them as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if you'd like to know more, there's lots of stuff on the website, genuinely-new.com. There are uh, over 50 um, podcasts looking at all sorts of themes. There are videos. And you can download a free digital um, download of Thriving Not Surviving, the Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. Thank you so much for joining Rachel and I today. All our books are available on Amazon um, and we look forward to seeing you um, in the future. So thanks again. Um, do let us know um, what you think and make some suggestions in terms of themes for shows in the future. 
This is Gina Gardner here from Passionate World Radio, your host today. Thanks for joining us. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.